0: Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. Bless the name of Yahuwah and Shabbat Shalom. Great to be back this week. We are in Ezekiel. We are in the 8th scroll and this is our second part, part 2 of Ezekiel and the revelation of the 13 scrolls of part or scroll eight. It comes to us from Ezekiel, Yehezkel in the Hebrew, chapter 32, verse 17, and it extends through chapter 33, verse 20. It says thus, it came to pass also in the 12th year on the 15th day of the month that the word of Yahuwah came to me. So here we see the message now, prophetically, of the prophet going out to the nations. I want to read something that is so important in light of this vision. Why do the nations rage? And why do the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth, they took their stand. And the rulers were gathered together against the master Yahuwah, and against his Moshiach. This is where we're at today. We are seeing the nation's rage, and the kings of the earth, the leaders all across the globe, the globalists, plotting vain things, But you and I, we're the ones that need to take a stand for righteousness because they are plotting against Yahuwah. They are plotting against his anointed king, Yahushua. And we are seeing it right now. Look at the 32nd chapter, the 22nd verse. We're talking about Syria. Are you aware of what's happening in Syria? Syria, Assyria is there and all of her company... Her graves are all around her all of them slain fallen by the sword whose graves are set in the sides of the pit and their company is around her grave meaning she is surrounded by the Turkic Ishmaelite nations all around all of them slain fallen by the sword which has caused terror the Hebrew word there is a giveaway. It's spelled He tav, yod, tav. It is Hityah, Hityah, and it means fear or terror in the land of the living. So what we have right now is that the graves of the Syrians and the Egyptians will actually lie next to one another. That's what the prophet Ezekiel is prophesying and this prophecy comes forward into our day. This is multi-level prophecy. The graves of the Syrians and the Egyptians will actually lie next to one another. Their calamity, and you're seeing this now if you're paying attention, their calamity will descend upon them at once in the prophetic future which is today. We see that, if we're paying attention. If we're paying attention. Syria and Egypt, Esconced in terror and mayhem, The Hebrew word here, of course, is Hittieth. Hittieth, spelt, hay Tav, Yod, Tav. They are ensconced in terror. All around, on every side. What's going on? What's going on? What we've got is we've got this Wahhabiist Islam turning on the traditionalist Muhammadian with the very sword. Wahhabist Islam turning on the traditional Muhammadian with the very sword. The land of life is used to contrast a different land. Because the land of life is Anglo-Saxon, the sons of Isaac nations contrasted with the Ishmaelite nations of the land where they're now interred. And you can see this contrast between the Anglo-Saxon nations, the sons of Isaac, and the Ishmaelite nations, the sons of Ishmael. And surrounding the Turkic region, we have the Ishmaelite kingdoms, which is the eastern leg of the Roman Empire, which is all Ishmaelite if you're paying attention. But the problem is there is such deplatforming going on right now, whether it's Facebook, YouTube. We've had tremendous troubles here with being able to get this live stream out. We try to do things and then it gets kicked back to us from Facebook. If you're a Bible believer and you're conservative and you're trying to disseminate truth, then I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to use these platforms We're having to host and redesign our whole website so that we can continue to communicate because what's happening is insane right now in the world. Yahweh is warning us as believers through the prophet Ezekiel of the end days cataclysmic war. Now there's six newsworthies this week that I have to speak on even before we get into this vision. Six newsworthies this week. Number one, the leaders of Turkey, Russia, and Iran are meeting to discuss the fate of the Assyrians, the Syrians, the Ishmaelites ensconced in terror, verse twenty three. This is how our vision opens up. That's this week. That's right now as we speak, as we broadcast. Number two. Rabbi Chaim Rickman of the Temple Institute has announced the end of days is here because they have found the red heifer. They have produced the red heifer and he has announced that this is now the end of days and they are expecting the coming of Mashiach. But we know that their Messiah is not our Messiah. They're expecting the Mashiach, but we know that that will actually be in the Hebrew called the Mashiach Neged, the anti-Messiah. But the red heifer, which is the red cow that must precede the temple sacrifices, that must precede any priests going up onto the temple mount platform because all of Israel is impure. They must be washed by the ashes of the red heifer of purification. They have found that red heifer, first red heifer that they say now in 2,000 years that will institute the beginning of the construction of the third temple. That was just announced this week. The third newsworthy this week has the state of Israel, through Mossad, found a way to weaponize Mers? Where at? The Hajj. All the pilgrims going to Mecca. We've got flights coming into JFK and their people are dropping from this mysterious sickness. Has the State of Israel, has Mossad found out a way how to weaponize MERS at the Hajj? The pilgrimage to, of course, the cabal up in Mecca. Because people, as they land at JFK, Junior Q... fourth question is similitudes because Q are we in a prophetic portal are we what do I mean this is the fourth newsworthy and it's a question because are we shadowing 1861 right now what do I mean look at the similitudes are we shadowing 1861 right now? What happened in 1861? The economics of trafficking and slavery connected, listen, the economics of trafficking and slavery connected to the control over the ports boiled over in the summer of 1861 at Fort Sumter in the Charleston Bay. It was called the Civil War. Right now, are we in a prophetic portal? Because, number five newsworthy, there are traitors in the White House. There are traitors in the White House. The economics of pedogate, here's the similitude the economics of pedogate, trafficking, slavery, and control over the borders and ports is pushing us in the prophetic portal of 1861 to a breakdown in Washington, D.C. And treason and traitors in our very midst. There is fermenting civil war but it's different than over a hundred years ago because it's a shadow government. It's not out in the open how it was in the time of the Civil War. It is an undercurrent, a civil war from within, a very shadow government. We've got Twitter now, And only Twitter and the boards that are now the only way the president can communicate truth. Because the news through media is a disinformation platform. And those of us that are still able to broadcast and communicate are at risk of being deplatformed If we trigger certain words. So we have to be very careful. Those of you that are paying attention to what I've already said specifically. The sixth newsworthy this week. Is a move to a two-tier internet. A move to a two-tier internet. One for the corporate sellouts. The other, conservatives, relegated to create our own platforms and social media bans our free speech and religious freedom of Bible believers. So what they're going to do is deregulate people that are speaking truth because the internet now is controlled by big Google corporation, Facebook corporation. YouTube which is a Google platform what do we do this world is is shifting but Yahuwah is what rebuilding the tabernacle of David and it is a movement from within and it's cryptically happening globally and therefore the powers that be those that are in bed with the world don't know what to do Because Hillary Clinton should have been president, but somehow, somehow it all unraveled. And now before the midterms, they're escalating this. And this is truly, if you look at 1861, April 1861, and you look at the similitudes, But just understand that what has happened then out in the open today now is a shadow conspiracy. But those of us that are listening and watching through the only outlets that are speaking truth, the boards, Twitter, everything else is basically propaganda. And that's why we're asking for your support so that we can continue to be able to disseminate truth whilst we still can. And we have had a hell of a time, and I do use that word, a hell of a time being able to continue with these broadcasts and you have seen the troubles over the past few weeks. So, all that to say this, I see this now unfolding before us. And Ezekiel gives me comfort. The prophet's voice gives us comfort in a very uncertain global world that we now live in. Now with that reality check, back to our prophetic text. We've got Mishach, we've got Tubal, and this is talking about Turkey or Turkic region with the fall of the Egyptians. This is what it's talking about. And I see this, we see this unfolding now as the trajectory that President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has taken Turkey. That is the president of Turkey. He has taken them in a whole different direction that suggests that enmity and conflict, rather than partnership and cooperation, are inevitable. Enemity and conflict in that region. Assyria, how our text started, is inevitable. It's inevitable. Magog, Goma, Mishak, Tabul. These are all in modern day Turkey. All in modern day Turkey. So the Turkish military... Is now an engine for what? Islamification and globalism. Globalism is using Islam as units in their hands to deconstruct the Anglo Saxon nations. It's a civil war, but it's a shadow from the shadows. Hardline Islamist mullahs have taken over Turkish military units as Erdogan's hand has now been placed in the cauldron. Turkey has become a terror sponsor. Erdogan embraces Hamas along with most militant leaders and he in fact arms them, doesn't he? You do realize there would have been no Islamic state in Iraq and Syria had it not been for Turkey's open door to tens of thousands of foreign fighters that have now gone into Europe. And that has been one of the biggest causes for Brexit, is that people were sick and tired of the Islamification of Europe. Even the Swedes... And you know that, you know, it, you, it's like the French, you, you want to buy a rifle from, a, from, a, from someone from Sweden or from France, then what, what is the old saying? It's been dropped, but it's never been fired, right? And that's about the reality of it. So even these, even the Swedes now are actually standing up and starting to go, well, hang on a minute, our country's a mess. Why? Because this is happening all over the world and we need to understand that Turkey has become the sponsor of terror as Erdogan has embraced Hamas along with most militant leaders and he's armed them. So, what happened even when a a journalist recently in Turkey provided photographic proof that Erdogan was arming Al-Qaeda and its affiliates in Syria? What did he do to that journalist? Put him in jail? Totally. Where is he now? I don't know. Is he still alive? We have to wake up. We have to wake up. The West has a Turkey problem. We have a turkey problem, and it's idiotic. It's absolutely idiotic for us to pretend otherwise. Yes, turkey's strategic, but it's lost. It was strategic. It still is strategic, but it's lost. And it has now become a belligerent nation sowing the seeds of a biblical cataclysmic war and now we find that Turkey is meeting with the Russians and the Iranians this very weekend and we're out of the talks. Look at verse 24. There is Elam. What is Elam in the Bible text? Verse 24. There is Elyam, that's Iran. It's talking about Iran and all of her multitudes around their grave. So Iran is involved in this very scenario. Is that true today? Like I've said, yes, that's what this weekend is all about. All of them slain, fallen by the sword, which are gone down uncircumcised into the depths of the earth, which caused their terror in the land of the living. Yet have they borne their shame with them that go down to the pit. They have set for her a bed in the midst of her slain, in the midst of their multitudes. Her graves are all around her. Yes, all of them uncircumcised, slain by the sword. For the fear that they caused in the land of the living, that's another word for the sons of Isaac, yet they have borne their shame with them that go down to the pit. They are put in the midst of them that be slain. This is the shame of Islam. How the sons of Abraham lost the blessing. How did they lose the blessing? Because they denied the true prophets and the Blessed Son by embracing the sixth century's false prophet and final Turkish Assyrian called the Mahdi or the final Mahdi. Now, of course, the Ashkenazi will embrace the final Mahdi as, in fact, the Messiah. And they'll purify purify what they will think is the Temple Mount, which we know is the Anatonia Fortress. And they will purify the sons of Ashkenaz as a false priesthood with this red heifer. might not be this red heifer, but in the future, whatever. But we are at these proportions now when we can look at the whole timeline of the Bible. And we live in an amazing age. But not, not 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 if you're into the world, not if you're chasing the dollar, not if you're watching MSNBC and Fox News or reading the newspaper, then no, you have no idea the predicament that we're in. Unless you are born again and the Holy Spirit is awakening you to the biblical reality of the prophet's voice. It is amazing times that we live in. Look at verse 26. Then there is Meshach, Tuval, and all of her multitudes. Their graves are all around it, all of them uncircumcised, slain by the sword, though they caused fear in the land of the living. We have more fear now that is used to control us in these Anglo-Saxon nations, isn't it? Terrorism. Terrorism. Therefore, we can put more control in at the borders. We can put more scanning devices in at the airport because people are afraid. So, the New World Order says that they're going to protect you. More FEMA zones. More. It's a bunch of nonsense. Terrorism and terror is a way of getting sheep into a pen so that they can be slaughtered. That's simply all it is but we know that our fear we should fear the king and then we're set free of all fears because we're operating in a different realm the only fear that we should have is the fear of Yahuwah which will then awaken you and enlighten you to divine wisdom but the fear of man is terrorism Which is what they're trying to instill to cripple the people. To cripple the people. Look at verse 27. And they shall not lie with the mighty that are fallen of the uncircumcised, which have gone down to Sheol... But their weapons of war have gone with them, and they have laid their swords under their heads. Look at this in the Hebrew. But their iniquities shall be upon their bones. In the Hebrew it means it's going to be on their bones and within their very essence, though they were the fear of the mighty in the land of the living. Hone in on verse 27. Yes, you shall see and be broken in the midst of the uncircumcised, and shall lie with them that are slain with the sword. You see, verse 27, the prophet, did he know this? Remember it. I mean, Daniel had these amazing visions. Ezekiel has got these amazing visions. John, he had some amazing visions. I wonder if they saw the things that we can actually see today. Because verse 27 speaks of the effects or to the effects of what chemical warfare agents we know mustards cause the unpredictable loss in the production of bone marrow that's what mustards do they produce an unpredictable loss in In the bone marrow, laying their iniquity upon their very bones. The whole region that the prophet Ezekiel is actually addressing is a region right now that is desperately sprinting to the finish line in the development of mustards, chemical warfare agents. And it's scary. It's scary. Being depraved, verging on unredeemable. Verse 27 says, their iniquities remain in their essence. That's a powerful statement. It's not only that the wicked sin in our text. No, we know even the righteous sin, right? But there's a difference. And this is what Yahuwah wants to communicate to you, to give you hope. You see, when a redeemed believer sins, the sin doesn't become part of his essence. It doesn't become part of his essence. Yeah, you've done wrong. Yes, I've done wrong. Yes, but he remains a righteous person who's committed a sin. That's different than being a sinner. He remains a righteous person that's committed a sin. There's a difference in the eyes of Yahuwah. There is. You see, when he repents, Yahusha removes the sin as if it had never happened. Not so with the wicked. Oh, no. Not so with the wicked. You see, a wicked person, they just want to sin. They get up and they're just looking for sin they go out and they are looking for sin and they want to sin they in fact they enjoy it they love sin the sin becomes a part Of his very essence it penetrates deep into his very bones where the bone marrow is and the production of blood and therefore when he dies the land becomes defiled it's different and it causes sickness and disease within the sinner because it's a part of his very essence Yeah, true, he can repent. But for him, repentance is so much harder because it's like amputating a part of himself, right? But Yahweh is telling us that we are different, that we are redeemed believers. And though you may stumble and though you may fall, sin does not become a part of your essence. And therefore, when you repent, immediately you're restored. Because it's not a part of your essence. So be encouraged. Be encouraged in these days. Verse 29. Then there is Edom and her Melachim. So there's Edom and her kings. This is course. Edom is Jordan. And this is talking about Jordan and the Saudi kings. The kingdom of Saud, Saudi Arabia, and all of her leaders who despite their might are laid by those that were slain by the sword. They shall lie with the uncircumcised with those that go down to the pit. Verse 30. Then there are the leaders of the north. All of them and all of the Sidonians. Now, the Sidonians, that's the Lebanese. This whole region is what we're talking about today. The Lebanese, Sidon, the hometown of Jezebel. Very interesting, right? Because Jezebel was one that tried to cause a great falling away by silencing the voice of the prophets. And this is exactly what the globalists are doing now by trying to deplatform conservative commentators on the Bible and on geopolitics. It's the work of Jezebel. The text tells us, of course, the Lebanese Sidon, the hometown of Jezebel, a region just outside modern-day Beirut, or Beirut, I should say. Beirut, of course, Sidon was the firstborn son of Canaan, who was a son of Ham there's your connections look at verse 30 and a half, who are gone down with the slain with their terror that they instilled they are ashamed of their might and they lie uncircumcised with them that be slain by the sword and bear their shame with them that go down to the pit so brethren we're now in the days of Elijah Another prophet returning to the Torah, returning to the Sabbath, returning to the feasts of Yahweh. The Bible informs us that this happens right before the war of Gog and Magog. In the third day, a day is a thousand years, prior to the revelation of Mashiach. So we're expecting the grand revelation of Yahushua to be disseminated to the nations. But the Ashkenazi... They're expecting, with this red heifer cow found this week, they're expecting their Messiah, who isn't nailed, who isn't pierced, but is going to be this great political leader. In fact, Islam is expecting the 12th Makdi, or the final Inman, which again, these Ishmaelites, they're not Shemites, their Japhethites or Ishmaelites are looking for the Messiah, which will in fact be, Thessalonians tells us, the anti-Messiah. What is up is down. What is black is white. What MSNBC tells you is truth is a lie. Read the boards and see what's happening. Wow. Even Judaism itself recognizes Moshiach ben Yosef. They recognize that there is Messiah, son of Joseph. Because they read Isaiah, but they split Isaiah into 1st Isaiah and 2nd Isaiah because they can't quite figure it out. So they're like, it's like there's two messiahs. Oh yeah, there's Messiah ben Joseph and he must die in a war. Gog and Magog, and then comes Messiah ben David, and he comes as conquering king. There's two messiahs, Moshiach ben Yosef and Moshiach ben Dawid. But they don't understand that he is Echad, he is one. One is the suffering servant of 2,000 years ago. But when he comes back, he's not going to come back as a suffering servant. He's going to come back as a conquering king. He is one. He is the one deliverer to the whole house of Israel. And he's going to take the two and bring them in. One stick. This is the prophecy, but Judaism doesn't understand it and has split Messiah into two Messiahs. Moshiach ben Yosef, and then he dies in a war, in a battle. And then later will come Moshiach ben Dawid, who will be the deliverer. Wow, this war of Gog and Magog brings the world into the knowledge of Yahushua. We know that according to the another prophet, Zechariah, in Zechariah chapter twelve, verse ten. We're living on the cusp of these days. Look at verse thirty one. Pharaoh shall see them, and shall be comforted over all of his multitudes. Even Pharaoh and all his army slain by the sword, says the Master Yahuwah." You see, I believe that by understanding and going back and spending time in the Bible, and then going back and spending time in history, you can see the shadows and the similitudes come forward into your day. I didn't grow up in this country, but I go back to 1861 and I see the similitudes of what was happening. What we have now going on in the White House and Washington, D.C., far supersedes the kind of treachery and the kind of abuses of power that was going on back then, and it led to the civil war. What you have right now is what is leading to literally an apocalyptic, cosmolytic event in these days. And the whole region that is really in the tinderbox is Syria, Turkey, Iran, and those Ishmaelite nations. Because from there, they've infected the whole of Europe, the downfall of the European Union, now the nationalism in Great Britain through Brexit, and now you're seeing again that revival of nationalism within the United States of America and other countries, even the Swedes are starting to understand something's going on here. There is a shadow government and a conspiracy of a magnitude that we have not witnessed since the times of 1861. Read your history. And it's all over the very, very same thing. And Pedogate is a big part of it. Sex, trafficking, slavery. That was the whole, the economics involved in that is what caused the civil war. The economics involved in that today. And one of the biggest, the biggest slavers and the biggest sex traffickers are who? Who? The Saudis. Verse 31, Pharaoh shall see them and shall be comforted over all of his multitudes. Even Pharaoh and all his army will be slayed by the sword, says the master Yahuwah. For I have caused my fear in the land of the living, in these Anglo-Saxon nations. And he shall be laid in the midst of the uncircumcised with them that are slain with the sword. Even Pharaoh and all his multitudes, even Pharaoh. With all his multitude, says the master Yahuwah. Currently, the president of Egypt, I spoke about this recently, Abdel Fattah would take comfort that it's not only his nation that is facing judgment, but other Islamic nations too. Because misery loves company. It's not just Egypt that's facing judgment. It's the other Ishmaelite nations too. Verse 30, chapter 33, verse 1. Again, the word of Yahweh came to me saying, Ben-Adam, son of man, speak to the children of your people and say to them, when I bring the sword upon a land, if the people of the land take a man from their borders and make him their watchman, if when he sees the sword come upon the land, he blows the shofar and he warns the people, then whoever hears the sound of the shofar and takes not warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He that heard the sound of the shofar and took not the warning, his blood shall be upon himself the doubters and the naysayers the love of the world the love of mammon always chasing the carrot to them this message is foolishness to those that are perishing and they most probably read the chip wrapper right for their news and disinformation. But to those of us that seek life everlasting, it's all revealed within the pages of scripture. Layer upon layer, line upon line, precept upon precept. Here a little, dig for it. There a little, dig for it. Then, take that foundation of truth and let the Ruach HaKodesh, the set-apart spirit of Yahuwah, guide you But don't go to the boards of MSNBC, go somewhere else. And you'll find that there is a whole movement of people out there that are inspired by the Holy Spirit that are communicating and disseminating biblical truth in a fallen world. That is the question that you now need to seek and find the answer. So, we now come down to the third verse in verse, the third verse in chapter 33. If when he sees the sword, Come upon the land, he blows the shofar and warns the people. Then whoever hears the sound of the shofar and takes not warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He that heard the sound of the shofar and took not the warning, his blood also shall be upon himself. But he that takes warning shall in fact deliver his whole being. But if the watchman sees the sword comes and doesn't blow the alarm, the people are not warned if the sword comes and it takes away any person from among them. He is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. You see, the harvest is ripe, brethren. But the laborers are few. We all have a part to play in raising the alarm. If you're shy and keep your face, faith to yourself, you'll face the consequences. But there's much work to be done. Yahweh will use you even if you are shy. If you're humble and willing to support the vision and the message, He will use you. He will use you if someone is warned of impending tribulation and ignores the warning, he's responsible for the giving up of his own life. That's severe. Yet, you and I who warned him are held blameless. So we have to sound the alarm regardless of the naysayers and those that don't listen. If you and I see the writing on the wall, which I do, and we use the gifts that Yahuwah has bestowed upon us to sound the alarm, then the direct cause of the sinner's death is our negligence if we fail to do our due diligence. So we have got to walk in our calling, stay in our measure. This is a heavy word from Yahuwah. It's about personal responsibility, isn't it? And we don't have the right to say, oh, well, you know, it would have happened anyway. Ah, it would have happened anyway. Didn't need my voice. Didn't need me to speak up in this situation. They were lost to their own worldliness and pursuit of riches. They were backslidden believers anyway. They wouldn't have listened to me. They never have done in the past. Why would they listen to me now? We can't say that because that's the voice of the faithless those of us redeemed must warn we must do so anyway we must the watchman is held responsible for his failure to inspire we're held responsible if we don't inspire the sinner will die because of his sin But this doesn't absolve the bystanders from their duty to warn him and try and convince him to repent. Listen, we have one nature and two lives. But others, they have one nature, one life. The only way they can ascend is by bridging with Lucifer that's the only way they can ascend is by bridging with Lucifer one they have one nature one life they see that we can ascend because we have the Holy Spirit but the only way they can ascend is by bridging with Lucifer and that's what you see with all the occult because they know that the importance is to try and ascend out of the soul nature because the revelation comes through the Spirit but they're not willing to go to the tree and embrace Messiah so they bridge with Lucifer to ascend that's the occult magic of the nations it's the difference between one nature and two lives you and me and one nature and one life I have two lives The old man I count as dead, I'm now a new living creature created in the image of Elohim because I have now bridged with Yahusha. I don't want to spend any more time arguing with sinful nature, selfish lifestyle church conservatives. I spent too much time in the past arguing with sinful nature, selfish lifestyle, churched conservatives. They cannot ascend to understanding unless they're born again. It's as simple as that. And a lot of you out there, you're unhappy. You're discouraged. Because you're in relationships with sinful nature, selfish lifestyle, church conservatives that are hindering you. They can't ascend. Unless they're born again. Or unless they bridge with Lucifer. That's the problem. Also, remember, if you're out there and you're sowing discord... And contention and not inspiring people then you're in big trouble curly big trouble sinful nature selfish lifestyle they bridge with Lucifer to try and ascend and the fruit is apparent isn't it you say you have faith well show me your works how are you inspiring people discord is not inspiration it's dead works That's the problem. You just bridged with Lucifer. Sinful nature, selfish lifestyle. One nature, one life. They bridged with Lucifer, showed it so discord, and produced dead works. So you, son of man, I have set you as a watchman to the house of Israel. Therefore, you shall listen to the word of my mouth and warn them from me. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die. If you do not speak to warn the wicked away from his own way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But his blood will I require at your hand. Nevertheless, If you warn the wicked of his own way to turn from it, if he does not turn from his own way, he shall die in his iniquity. But you have delivered your being. You did what you were called to do. That's all that Yahweh asks you to do. Just walk in your measure. Nothing more, nothing less. That's how I live. That's how we're to live. People have asked me to step out of my measure, try to coerce me to step out of my measure into their measure that they weren't willing to walk in. And you know what? Then I lose the anointing. And you'll lose the anointing too. Your measure is your measure. Walk in it and you will be blessed and you will find the anointing. But those that don't have the courage to walk in their own measure will always try to coerce you to walk in their measure for them. And you cannot do that. You cannot do that. All of you before me, you all have your measure. And your measure inspires me because it's not my measure. And we're able to do amazing things together. When we walk in our allotted measure. As meek and as humble as it is. Iron sharpens iron. And the meek shall inherit the kingdom of Yahweh. This is powerful stuff, isn't it? Don't ever give give up on repenting. Thinking you've sinned too much. Or that it's too late to repent. Don't ever give up on repenting. Sometimes the reality of the situation you found yourself in is meant to shock you into repentance. You don't like where you're at? Or maybe it was meant to shock you into repentance. What stuns me today, brethren, I'm just speaking from my heart here, What stuns me today is knowing that Yahweh has provided life to all of us, all of his creatures, all of us. That's his mercy. Now, the wicked person who rejects his gift of true spiritual life is regarded as if he's dead. But, But if he accepts rebuke and repents, he'll live. What a merciful Yah! What a merciful Yah! Look at verse 11. Say to them, As I live, says the Master Yahuwah, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. But that the wicked turn from his own way and live. Make repentance. Make teshuvah. Repentance from your evil dead works. From your own way. For why will you die? O house of Israel. Sinful nature. Selfish lifestyle. You're always chasing the carrot. Therefore, verse 12. You, son of man. Say to the children of your people, say to them this, the righteous and his righteousness shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall by it in the day that he makes repentance from his wickedness. Neither shall the righteous be able to live because of his righteousness in the day that he sins when I shall say to the righteous that he shall surely live. If he trusts in his own righteousness, listen, if he trusts in his own righteousness and commits iniquity, all of his righteousness shall not be remembered. But for the iniquity that he has committed, he shall die for it misconceptions abound don't they misconceptions abound and are the cause of discord and death here Yahweh addresses a huge misconception people who think that their past behavior and belief system is more important than their present conduct are deluded people who think that their past behavior and belief system is more important than their present conduct, are deluded. Someone who may have walked upright as a believer can in fact delude himself into thinking that even if he changes and becomes stagnant, his past righteousness will shield him from punishment. Not so. Yahweh does not operate on a scale of judgment. It's not about your righteousness outweighing your wickedness or your wickedness outweighing your good. It's about what? What is it about? It is about your present conduct and condition of faith. It's about your present conduct and the condition of your faith. Do you have faith? Well, then show me your works. What are you doing? Show me. Production isn't the same as replication. Production is not the same as replication. You can't fake it. I've met too many Self-righteous Bible readers who conduct themselves in a cowardly and reprehensible way. And conversely, I've met too many sinners who feel that they are far beyond redemption. A formerly righteous person can lose all of his merits if he repudiates them conversely yahweh is always and i mean always ready to welcome in a sincere sinner no matter how far they've strayed no matter it's instantaneous look at verse 14 Again, when I say to the wicked, you shall surely die. If he makes repentance from his sin and does that which is just and right, if the wicked restores the pledge and returns what he stole and has his way in the way of life without committing any further iniquity, he will live. He won't die true repentance is always yoked with restitution sorry isn't enough sorry but it's not enough false platitudes of love and friendships make me sick they really do Because it's not true. Repentance is not regret. Read your Bible. Repentance is not regret. Repentance isn't sorrow for the consequences you find yourself now neck deep in. That's not repentance. Misery loves company, but that doesn't equate to a holy convocation verse 16 none of his sins that he has committed shall be remembered he has done that which is according to the Torah and according to the judgment he shall surely live listen to the words yet the children of your people the way of Yahweh, it's not equal but as for them their way is not equal when the righteous turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity he shall even die because of it but if the wicked turns from his wickedness to do that which is according to Torah and according to the judgment he shall live because of it yet you say the way of Yahweh is not equal O house of Israel I will judge every one after his own way and isn't that what yahusha said for the kingdom of heaven it's like unto a man that was a householder and who went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his own vineyard and when he had agreed with the laborers for a shekel a day he sent them out into the vineyard And he went out about the third hour and he saw others standing in the marketplace. They were idle. And to them he said, Go ye also into the vineyard. Whatsoever is right, I will give you. And they went their way. And again... He went out again about the 6th hour, and again the ninth hour, and did likewise. And about the 11th hour, which is where you and I now live, he went out and he still found others standing away idle. And he said to them, Why stand ye here all day idle? They say to him, Because no man has hired us. And he saith unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard. And when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his steward, Call the laborers, call them now, and pay them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a shackle. And when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. And they likewise received every man a shekel. And then when they received it, they murmured against the householder, saying, These last have spent but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, who have borne the burden of the day. We've been out in the scorching heat. But he answered and said to them, Friend, I do... I do thee no wrong. Didst not thou agree with me for a shekel? Take then that which is thine. And clear off. Go your own way. It's for me to do with what I want. Unto this last, even unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Or is thine eye evil? because I am good. So the last shall be first, and the first shall be last. This saying comes true in our time because there is much work to do. But people are always jockeying and they do a little bit of labor and they think, well, hang on a minute, I should be getting this and I should be getting... Hang on... Is it not right that the master does with what he wants, his gifts? Don't cover another man's gift. Don't look after another man's measure. Walk in your own. If you got here first, don't expect more than the person that got here last. Because you have fine raiment, don't despise him who doesn't. Because Yahweh works in miraculous ways to test the heart and to see if your eye is evil and your thoughts are, are impure. Because Yahuwah is looking for a holy convocation. One nature, two lives. Or sinful nature, selfish lifestyle. One nature, one life. Both of us need to bridge. You're either bridging with Lucifer or you're bridging with the King of Glory. A lot of the trouble is there's a bunch of conservative Bible readers out there that simply are not born again. That's right. Simply not born again. So therefore, they bridge with discord and the one that sows it, which is Lucifer. And we know that misery loves company. Yahweh tells us that for us to elevate, we have to become least. And the Holy Spirit will do the rest. Ezekiel's message this week is so powerful. Those six newsworthies are well worth visiting in your own time. The Bible is a lamp unto our feet and shall light the way in these dark days. I am so glad that we now get to be on this great journey together. As we come to the festival of Sukkot, we have people coming from all over the globe to an amazing, amazing adventure together. New things are happening all the time. There is much growth But we find also that there is much degeneration and there is much decay. Not amongst us, but amongst the world and amongst those that have again decided to bridge with Lucifer. We ask for your prayers here and that we all continue to pray that no matter when we entered in, that Yahweh is the one that will lead us whether you came in on the 11th hour or the first hour, don't despise your measure. Stay focused on your measure and the work will get done. That's how it gets done, by staying focused on your measure. There's the blessing. Don't lose that blessing because for us to really be a part of something greater than ourselves, that's what this ministry is about. It's about gathering people to be a part of something greater than ourselves. I have a measure, but you have a measure too. And your measure is just as important as mine. Yahuwah wants us to join together and be a part of this global end time message, this end time ministry that is bigger than ourselves. There's the miracle. And it is full of the Ruach HaKodesh. And we're seeing miracles daily. Praise Yah for that. Look forward to next week. Be blessed. And again, stay in prayer. And magnify the King of glory. Amen. Amen.